It is a Yes Doll Grill Women Rock Wednesday, 1106 RWRC Radio Live in the Unico Bank Studios. Right here on 96.9 The Ticket, Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Ritter Communications, Tube Town Channel 21. The Facebook Live, rwrcradio.com, and the TuneIn Radio app. And uh, Yes Doll Grill, of course, uh, open for curbside pickup and delivery this afternoon. Uh, of course, they have adjusted their hours to 5 p.m. And uh, so when 5 o'clock comes, pick up the phone, start blowing up their number, 870-938-0025. You may ask, where can you see their menu? Well, let me tell you where. YesDollGrill.com. Uh, also, uh, if you want to like them on Facebook, you can do that as well. Follow them on Instagram and the Twitter and uh, most importantly, let them know we sent you. Taking a look at uh, some of their snackums, as they call them, uh, appetizer-wise. How about, uh, what if I told you, Walls, that uh, they had some hot cheese bites? Hot cheese bites. Yeah, I've had them. Yeah, I was going to say, you've told, you've told us before you you've get those bef- uh, before when you've been there. Uh, yes, and yes. So they were delicious. Spicy fried cheese cubes served with ranch. I get a side of marinara as well. Okay. I'm a double dipping fool. Mm. Yeah, a little marinara into the ranch. Mm. Dip right into this mouth. And uh, it's delicious. Also, uh, if you're into uh, burn-ins, mm-hmm. pork belly burn-ins. Uh, slow smoked pork belly served with a side of their house pickles uh, as well. So there you go. And of course, uh, you know that's that's not all. At yes, dog. Uh, if you want to have an actual sit down nice meal that you could pick up, take home, and look like you were a chef, like if you want to play Chef Lisa Godsey for the night, yeah. What if I told you they had blackened stuffed salmon? Ooh. See, you can pick up a couple of those. Yeah, I love seafood. Run to the house, put it on the table, put it on a plate, yeah. light a couple candles, and be like, hey, look, look what I made for you, honey. <laughs> propane, propane could grab a couple of them, head out to light, Yeah, have a little candlelight dinner with yeah. Miss Lisa. Yeah, I think Miss Lisa would accept it. I think she would accept the little candlelight dinner with... Uh, Pick up a bottle. Come on. Jesse might not like it. Pick up a bottle. Of course, he might. He might be like, "Man, thanks." I'm trying to think with with that with the blackened salmon, a bottle of cavassier or a bottle of champagne. Mm. Well, it's salmon stuffed with cream cheese, shrimp, mm. bacon, yeah. spinach, and Romano cheese stuffing, sautéed and finished with a lemon butter sauce, served with any side in a roll. And uh, as far as their sides go, because I already had somebody text in asking me about their sides, uh, Brussels sprouts, smoked mac and cheese, sautéed green beans, side salad, onion rings, steak fries, loaded mashed potatoes, or creamy linguine noodles. There you mm. go. I think a bottle of bubbly, a bottle of, of crystal. Okay, so if you got the stuffed salmon, what side would you pick? Uh, I think I'll, I'm going to go with the creamy linguine noodles. There you go. All right. Back in action, hotline 870-330-0927. MC Express text line 870-372-RWRC. That is 7972. And, of course, as always, you can reach us all across that bright and very shiny, freshly vacuumed rental car wash, social media sideline, Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook on this Yes Dog Grill Women Rock Wednesday. Today's Calmer Solutions Hot Topic of the Day. If you could be in any profession of your choice, other than the one you're currently in, what would it be? Uh, let's see. Uh, Tracy Holt Miles, she says a massage therapist. 
I said, okay, uh, and, uh, Mr. A. Mm-hmm. He said, I could go the easy route and say studio musician or NFL scout, but honestly, I love genealogy. He says, researching the history of people and their stories is fascinating to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, our man Thad. Mm-hmm. He chimes in. Professional sports GM was always my dream gig, too. Uh, Ryan West, I'd love to be the GM of an NBA team, mm-hmm. or I'd love to be head of grounds at Augusta National. Now, in my earlier days, I had, I had uh, th- you know this question posed to me. In my earlier days, w- when I was younger, before I got married, uh, and um, coming out of college, I wanted to be a roadie. Okay, a roadie. Oh, let me just tell you. Are you ro- sure you wanted to do that? Well, I know, I know. <laughs> but but I I had two choices for the roadie. I wanted to be a roadie for either for Jackson Brown or Jimmy Buffett. Ah, ah, uh, so many things I could say right now, <laughs> but I better not. <laughs> uh, JD Byers, what's up, our man from South Al? He chimes in. Uh, the voice uh, of the Jaguars of South Alabama. Jaguar. He says, uh, pedal steel player for Jimmy Buffett's Coral Reefer Band. Boom! How about yes! that, Walls? Yes! Uh, our man JD. How about uh, our man Craig over at Embassy Suites? Yes. Uh, love Embassy Suites. Uh, what a great addition to Jonesboro. He says, sports announcer. So there you go. Our man uh, those, Craig. Those guys that, they're, that do sports announcing, they're on radio, they're just sports. They're all... They're all nuts. Well, all and most of them don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> so let's head to the Back in Action hotline and uh, talk to somebody who does know what he's talking about, my good friend, uh, an assistant assistant basketball coach over in Jacksonville, my man Monty Patel. What up, dude? Hi, man. How are you? Oh, hey, you know, uh, just trying to keep it between the mayo and the mustard and uh, behave myself, which is uh, both are really big tasks for me. I believe that. Trust me, I know. <laughs> how about you, my friend? Uh, how 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 does it feel being a a, a state champion again? Uh, it, it's bittersweet. I didn't know that the game against Marion would be the last one. We didn't even think anything like that. I was excited as could be to to make the finals, and then stressed because we knew we had a game plan against a really good West Memphis team. Uh, so by the time we got back on the bus and the coaching staff got to talking, all the stress starts to hit you of what we're going to do, what our plan is, how many days off are we getting the kids? Cause we played three games in four nights and then what, what we thought was best to beat West Memphis and get to a state title game and win. But now that AAA had to make the decision cause the governor canceled school, you know, everyone got their trophy. Everyone got to be called state champions, and that'll, there'll always be an asterisk in the record book. I got to ask you, because obviously former assistant at Marion, uh, how how was that? How how was that matchup for you? And, and obviously a, a really good a really good game, uh, you know. And uh, but for you, how did you feel personally uh, going against? Uh, uh, what used to be a place you called home? Well, you know, talking talking to our coaching staff and just talking to people from Marion, there was a three-way tie in that conference to figure out what seeding, so they could have ended up being our second-round game instead of the semifinals game. They pulled off the – no, they lost to Jonesboro and ended up falling over to play Hot Springs, upset the number one seed there, and we played them. And I knew it would be tough because – 
you know, I keep up with a lot of those kids still, Dietrich, Makai, uh, those kind of guys, and I talk with them, and it, it was tough. I mean, we knew one of us were going to lose, and we knew that I told them, like, hey, y'all already got y'all's ring before the game. I was like, let me go get one now so we can be even just messing with those guys. And it came down to Dietrich missing a last-second shot that would have won the game for them. And before I could even be excited, I see Dietrich at half-court crying, and all I could do is walk up and give him a hug and tell the kid I loved him because I do. And and it, it was tough, you know, emotionally a little bit, but then it was also bittersweet. You get to beat your old team that, you know, the year we left, we knew that they would have a chance to compete for a state title, especially with uh, Caesar moving back. And you leave, they win the title, you miss out on it, but you're excited for your kids, and you're like, man, you know, you want one. And so it was, it was a bittersweet feeling at the end. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, you and I have had this conversation quite a bit, uh, you know, talking about uh, shot clock in high school basketball. And, of course, uh, word has came down that uh, it will start in the 6A uh, next season. And I'm a firm believer that it should be in every classification, but also do understand that it's going to take a little while to roll that out. But uh, you being a coach, uh, you have, you know, better insight to this than even I do. I'm a basketball head and I'm around sports 90, 99.9% of my life, but you're you're like me. You're for it, and 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 I would love for you to tell the the listening and viewing family why you're for the shot clock in high school basketball in the state of Arkansas. You know, we played in. I think I'm in three tournaments as of my career right now with the shot clock, and I think they've been the most fun tournament that I can be. I mean, we have a conference opponent that I won't name, but they, they like to hold the ball. They like to play four corners. They like to spread you out and then pass around 20, 30 times. And, I mean, it's not a fun game to be a part of. It puts you to sleep. So, And I think the game just ends up getting cleaner. You have to be a better coach. You have to you have to learn situations. I know we were playing in uh, the Jonesboro Classic, the Hurricane Classic, uh, two years ago, or last year with Coach Rice and North Little Rock. And there's a situation in the first or second quarter, I look up and I was like, hey, coach, we got a two for one. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I was like, well, now we missed it. We ain't got time to explain this. So I tell him at halftime what I was thinking. He's like, and I didn't even think about that. You know, watching the NBA and college game, you see teams try to go for that. Granted, that was a 30 or 35 second shot clock. And I went and watched SMU play ball this year in Dallas. And even them, when the shot clock got down to eight, they sent an immediate ball track. And it, it threw teams off just to when the pressure is coming. And their teams have have these signals and these cues to go start the track or start whatever, you know, they want to do on the defensive end and, the, and according to the shot clock. So even for us, it's like, hey, we can grow the game. Coaches have to be better. You have to study these situations. You have to understand what to do. And the, the flip side of it is, you know, the officiating is what it comes down to, in my opinion, is, you know, can you get a great shot clock operator? Because it's apparently harder than working the real score clock, which, you know, I believe there's so many situations on when to reset it, when not to, and things like that, that coaches and referees alike have to be educated on. Coach, you know, one of the things, you know, you brought that up about, you know, someone who, who operating the clock. Uh, 
the, one of the biggest things that I've had arguments with people, and of course, you know, you're there and you know more about this, but the logistics of everything. And I, I tell people, I said, there's always things getting around things. It can be done. It's just, you just got to do it, but kind of break that down logistics of what from point to point A to point B, what the high school has got to do to get the shot clock installed and, and how to work all that. I think more people are overplaying the money situation. I don't, I think all schools can fundraise and get the money. I don't think it's super duper expensive to go buy a shot clock, install it. But I think, again, it just goes back to the referees and the, and the coaches even on education, which I think, I think easily at the AAA clinic in Conway, they can do a coaches clinic on situations for shot clock and explain that they can do it at the Arkansas basketball Co- uh, coaches association clinic and talk about those situations. Referees got to go to clinics all the time that they, a lot of them know these situations, but you know, a lot of lower classification referees may not, they may not have worked a tournament with the shot clock. So that's something that just has to be educated, but it's like anything else, you know, Carla Crowder is one of the best women's coaches in Arkansas history. And she was playing three on three, if I'm not mistaken, in women's basketball and got and helped, pioneered the change to five on five you know in high school we didn't have a three-point line and people were talking about hey you know they didn't want it and now we have it so it's just another adapt adjust and learn i mean there's not going to be a perfect game there never is a perfect game referees make mistakes coaches make mistakes players scorekeepers all alike you just adapt and move on eventually the kinks will get worked out it might take five six years overall but the longer we wait to install it the longer it takes for us to adjust well, and I'll, I'll say this. Uh, we're talking to uh, Coach Monty Patel of Jacksonville on the uh, Back in Action Hotline. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I, I have called a lot of games in my life. <laughs> I've played a lot of games in my life. And I I have a hard time seeing the negatives of a shot clock. And, and so even I try to take my opinion out of the equation and talk to, talk to guys and gals who are coaching the game right now. And and uh, I respect uh, a lot, a, lo- a lot of uh, the coaches in the game, yourself included, to so so much so that that I really do want that that opinion. I, I do want that insight uh, because I like to compare it to what I'm looking at and how I evaluate the shot clock. And and I do also appreciate and understand the opinion of uh, say like guys like James Bickham who who referee the games. Listen. Uh, you know, JB is, is a great dude and I, I couldn't imagine being an, a, an official. Um, it's, it's hard in today's time, probably worse than it's ever been in regards to fans and, and having to put up with the things that are off the court. Um, I, I can try to see both sides uh, of the equation. I do think the slow rollout is the right way to do it, whether it's you do a classification each year. Um, I, I do think that that's the right way to approach it so that it is done the right way. Uh, there is going to be a financial, uh, financial aspect of this, uh, in the lower classifications that does have to be met. But I've also, you know, walls and I can speak about, you know, some, some schools that are in lower classifications that have won state championships and had to raise money for rings and stuff. And I know people like us have stepped up and helped numerous times, uh, to do those things. And this would be no different. But I, I do believe that the the clock operator versus having the trained uh, 
officials on the court is going to be vital as well. And understanding how a shot clock uh, should work is, is going to be very vital. And that's what I'm saying. Let's not just unveil the whole thing uh, in, in all classifications. Do it in 6A. See, see how challenging it is. Uh, overcome some of those obstacles and see how it goes. Now, I will say that I have, I have seen it in action at the Hurricane Classic, and it seemed to go pretty flawlessly. And and so I, I just think it's an important brand of uh, uh, important to the brand of basketball in the state of Arkansas. And I have also been a part of calling a game uh, in the NEA tournament where uh, one team and I'm going to leave them nameless scored a bucket, got back on defense, got a steal, came back and held it for an entire quarter. That 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 to me is not good for the game of basketball. I mean, even in these situations, you look, even at the end of a game where you might be up or you might be down two or three, and now you have a shot clock situation where, like, hey, the clock runs out, you can go play defense, and if they miss the shot, now it's a one-possession game instead of having to foul, watch more free throws, slow the entire pace down. I mean, I, I personally love playing fast. Like, you, you watch this play, you've seen games of mm-hmm. ours that, that I've been a part of, and we love to play fast, but even then, you want to have a clean game. You want to have something the crowd get in, gets into. I mean, our Jacksonville crowd is pretty large, and we, we have a really good turnout. And I can only imagine the games that that have a shot clock. Our senior night was packed, and our, our fans are booing the coaching staff and the other team because they're holding the ball in the first quarter when they were actually eliminated out of playoff contention. So we're like, why aren't y'all just playing – it's y'all's last game. It's our last game. Like, let the kids play. Let's have a competitive game. But it ends up being like a 30, 35-point game, something like that. And it, it was just terrible to be a part of. We get antsy. We want to send traps. We fall into their hands. You know, we end up dropping that game, but we'd already had conference locked up, so we weren't super annoyed by it. But just watching that kind of game on your senior night and having that kind of product, it just isn't very fun. It's not a fun environment to be on. And it's definitely not helping your kids become better basketball players because at that point, you've got to learn to be able to dribble. You've got to learn to be able to shoot, make decisions. There's so much that goes into that that everyone will have to raise their game. You know, something else I was just thinking, you know, you're talking about, you know, it just takes time for the adjustment and everybody to adjust to it. And I, I started reflecting back into the late 90s. Uh, my daughter was like eight years old, and, and I coached her softball team here on here just on a local level. And at that point in time, I remember the AAA uh, wanted to move women's softball from slow pitch to fast pitch, but it was going to take some time. And so basically they, 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 they started incorporating things on the, the local level. And they started with the 16-year-olds one year, then the next year it went down to, you know, the 14, the 12 to 14 age group, and then the 10 to 12. And by the time my daughter was in the 12-year-old age group, uh, she had to adjust to fast, you know, fast pitch softball. And she didn't like that because she had been used to slow pitch. But but that was just that was just her. But the thing was, it took some time, but everybody, it became the norm. And then then I think it was probably Oh, a year or two later, that all of Arkansas on, on the on the the, the, the women's softball uh, in the, on the high school level went all fast pitch, and people complained about it at first. But after a while, it became the norm, and now you go out there and you watch 
a, a, a girls softball game at high school level. And, and I mean, it's some great games. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's so much more fun playing with it. We were in King Cotton this year in Pine Bluff, which is a big, big mm-hmm. tournament that they used to have. They brought it back. You know, actually, Michael Jordan actually played in that mm-hmm. same stadium. But but even then, it's like we had so much fun a part of it. They had media timeouts. You felt like you were a part of college. And it, and we had so many situations that, you know, our point guard, Devontae, he's signed with the Razorbacks. He's a pretty high-level, high-IQ kid. And I told him, hey, if I give you a head pass, that means we're in a two-for-one. I need you to get a quick pick and roll and see what you find and get us a shot off. It might not be the, the best shot, but at least we get two possessions and they only get one. And and it makes it way more fun. The kids are like, oh, wow, we can do these things. And, and you know, we couldn't practice this at our gym necessarily, but we, we got to that level and we're trying to raise our game to it, but we know it's only for three games. If it's in conference, if it's in state tournament, you get a better product. You get more people wanting to come to games because I don't, I don't know many people, especially nowadays, that want to watch a twenty point, twenty five point game. Mm-hmm. True. Well, let's uh, let's uh, before we let you go, let's talk about uh, this year's Jacksonville basketball team and, and the talent level. I mean, one of the most talented teams in the state of Arkansas, but uh, obviously some interest there uh, in regards to Arkansas State. Of course, you you mentioned Devo and and the uh, University of Arkansas, but uh, let's talk about this squad and, and some of the talent level there. Uh, we we were really deep this year, especially me coming in my first year and looking, and we had 10 guys start of the year that I was like, can all fight for a starting spot, which is very rare in high school. And, and probably seven of them, eight of them, I thought would play some sort of college-level ball. You know, Devontae was – at that time, committed to Oklahoma State. Then he flipped his commitment, signed with Arkansas with Musselman coming in. And then you had Ryan Maxwell, Jordan Maxwell, two cousins on our team that both have interest from A-State. Ryan picked up an offer from UALR. And and we have a couple other kids, Braxton, TJ, that are getting low-level looks that will generate a lot more interest when they get to be the guys once Devontae's gone and their, their roles get even bigger. But, I mean, I thought we had a really deep team. Even even you you take this, in the state tournament, Braxton is our replacement shooting guard for Jordan Maxwell, who tears his ACL in meniscus. And he plays in the first-round game, has 15, had good buckets, played a really good game. And the next day he goes to the doctor, has the flu. Well, now he's out the quarterfinal, semifinals game. Our starting quarterback as a sophomore on our football team steps up to be the starting guard for a state quarterfinal and state semifinal team to eventually get to the title game. I mean, I thought we were really deep, and if if a lot of those guys don't get injured, it might have been tough to find a spot for the sophomores to play. But it's just a lot of credit to our head coach and just getting guys ready and next man up and and our guys buying into their role and being ready to play. I mean, our quarterback, Buck, did a phenomenal job on the defensive end and probably averaged four points through the whole state tournament and just guarded and hounded, you know, the Zane Butler kid from Tech, who is a phenomenal player, hounded Dietrich at Marion. I mean, those are two tough guards, and our team just stepped up in so many different ways. Well, and and I want to ask you this. Um you know your your aspirations. I I know what some of those aspirations are, but I, I want you to tell me 
since you have been involved in coaching at the high school level, what is the greatest lesson that you have learned? Learned. At relationships. It, it, I've I've figured out even through college, you talk about talk about a guy like Bickham. I've known him since freshman year, two thousand seven. And and still to this point he's one of my best friends. Like people on social media don't ever get we just clown on each other for fun. But we, we talk so often and, and those relationships just keep going further and further. There's people from college that I still see or talk to or run run into wherever it may be and then how they help you, you know. I'm looking for a head coaching job, then you have people that you met in college that'll call for you or that work at a school or things like that. So I've found that, you know, value all the relationships, value the people you meet. Don't don't big time anybody, don't act like you're better than anybody, regardless of your job. I mean, I've I've tried to always be the best person I can and I mean, you know this as well yep. as anyone. I'm a social person. I love to talk to people. Uh, but I've I've found the more people I know the the easier it is to make connections and, and talk to someone on a certain level. And then maybe somewhere down the road that pays off for you later. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and you've done a really, really good job. You've been, been at some really, really good places in regards to uh, springboarding your career, man. And, and I think you're doing an amazing job uh, as an assistant. And uh, you, you, are, you have a very, very good basketball mind. And I always love chopping it up with you, man. And, uh, brother, I appreciate you uh, calling in and chiming in on the show. And congratulations. Hey, asterisk or not, you're a state champion. You're part of a state championship we'll and team, and you're getting rings. And nonetheless, I mean, I'll be honest, I would have loved to have seen that matchup with West Memphis, but uh, maybe, who knows? It, it could be like one of the old, one of the old Jordan days. Maybe, maybe we, can, we can find some way to set these state championship matches up and do something for charity and uh, see what we could do. Who knows? Who knows what we could pull off? You want to know what is crazy about this, though? Like, you think about the environment at that game. You got a kid going to Auburn versus a kid going to Arkansas. They're mm-hmm. also really close friends, if not best friends. Yep. Then, then for me, you know, I want to play in the game because you know that that's the goal we always aspire to. But I was more excited for my parents to be at this game because you know my parents just started paying attention a lot more to basketball when I was doing my coaching career. Dad literally told me it's 2020. Been coaching six years, and Dad literally told me the other day. He was like, I, I learned that that line that goes around the court is if you shoot behind it, it's worth three points. <laughs> and, you know, my parents, they don't know basketball. They're from a different country. So they're they're learning all these things. And and now dad asks me every time he's like, when, when I tell him there's a home game, he's like, is it going to be a good game? And he's not talking about the players. He's talking about the crowd. Is it going to be electric? Is there going to be a lot of yelling, people cussing at each other in, in the stands, whatever it may be? And I'm like, Dad, this will be the game of games. Like, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if if we got to capacity. Granted, you know, COVID was going to slow that down big time. But if it was a regular day, it wouldn't have surprised me. You had a great 5A girls game before, and NEA travels well. And then you have another NEA game with two high-profile top 100 kids. It would have been a crazy game. Early in the afternoon, I could have seen a crap ton of people be in there. Uh, and we would have had a good time. That that environment is what I'm missing the most. Like the games will happen. You'll play good games year in year out. But a state finals environment, that's what I'm so sad about missing. Oh no, there's no doubt. And and, and I, I 
the the one thing that I I've had the hardest time getting past, and I'm sure it's more so with you. Uh, I I have the hard time for the seniors, and uh, knowing that 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 last game is has been taken away, and and even even the underclassmen, you know, they may or may not get back there. You know, getting to a state finals is never guaranteed for any team. I don't care how good you are, and so I. I have such a hard time with that and all of the work that you that you guys have put in as a staff and and for it to be shortened and taken away like that is 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 probably the the thing that I have the hardest time getting past is just knowing that those memories uh, won't be there. I'm fortunate to have two daughters who have three state championships between them and. I know what that means to them and what it meant to them and being able to be there and see it, you know, and know what that feeling is, man, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable because there's one thing you can never get and that get back and that's time. And there, there's one thing that you can never put a dollar figure on and that's memories. And, uh, that's the hardest part for me about what happened. Now, do I understand why the decision was made? Absolutely. But that's the thing that I struggle with for all involved. Man, you, you telling me about how hard it is to win the state title. We're playing Tech, and we have them up 20 practically the whole game. And Zane Butler goes for 18 or 20 in the fourth. Next thing you know, it's a three-point game, and their coach gets a technical because he didn't realize he didn't have any more timeouts. And we end up stretching the lead out to eight and end up winning by 13, but we blew that lead. Semifinals game, we're up 15 or 14 going into the fourth and blow that lead and end up winning by one. So it, it does take luck. It's not just skill. The ball has to fall your way, and Dietrich got a really good look at that at that goal that I was for sure that ball was going in and we were not getting there off of a blown lead. So there, there was so much luck that plays into it, and – you know, we have everybody back but two, uh, four seniors, two of which contributed heavily in the starting lineup off the bench, and two that helped us a lot in practice. And we got everything else back production-wise that next year we want to make a run at it. But nothing's guaranteed, no injury. You can't predict an injury. You can't predict any of that stuff. So you just got to go back and grind it out and see where you end up. Last thing for you. Uh, I'll do this quickly, but I I, I don't want to uh, get through this conversation without bringing this up. Uh, you know a guy like Dietrich Reeves probably as well as anybody, and you have coached him, uh, and he's a he's a guy. It's no secret uh, that Arkansas State has heavy interest in. Uh, if you could tell the listening and viewing family, and of course uh, the A State fans, uh, what he brings to the table, uh, that I think that that would be uh, great knowledge to hear from a former assistant of his. He is such a good scorer. He scores at all three levels. I mean, his game is so methodical. He plays like Paul Pierce does. He's he's not the quickest guy in the world, but at some way, somehow, he figures out how to get to his spot and get his shot off, and it, and it goes in early and often. And people don't realize how unselfish of a scorer he is, too. We I know early on, Baylor came into his recruiting, and they came to watch a home game, and he probably had 17, 18 points. Uh, I think we were playing Nettleton. And the first thing the assistant coach from Baylor even said was, he's really an unselfish, high-level kid. We're like, yeah, it makes it really easy to coach that he's not just worried about scoring. And then it then it helps that his point guard is his first cousin, Makai, 
and he's also looking to feed him the ball, and they're looking to feed each other, and they play well off each other. That you know, I would love to see him as an Arkansas State grad, being in an Arkansas State jersey. Uh, depending on what his fit and what his family feels is best for them, you know, I wish them well. I still talk to them about their recruiting and forward other coaches, their numbers that are interested in him, and just you know, I want the best for the kid. I've, I've learned through through my journey, I can't push kids to schools that I love because you gotta you gotta go to the schools that show you the most love and that show you that they want you there. And, and not just the the fluff that goes with it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Couldn't have said it better. Well, man, uh, you behave yourself and you be safe out there. And and uh, it was good catching up with you on the uh, on the show. We'll have to do it again, man. Yeah. Hey, let me add something real, real quick. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to James Bickham though for all the fundraising he's been doing to get families meals in Jonesboro, especially after the tornadoes and people being laid off their jobs. They're not doing anything to actually check who's coming in. They're just offering free food. Uh, I know my buddy Pratik donated for five days' worth of meals to people. I think that's a, a big deal that how great of a community Jonesboro really is and how they're helping families get through what a tough time it is with the coronavirus and a tornado hitting that, that destroyed a lot of Jonesboro. So I'm actually happy for once to call him a friend. Uh, more <laughs> probably the only time you'll hear me say that and then you know another another thing and it's a little touchy but you know a guy I went to high school with and a guy I went to college with grew up with mom was my sixth grade teacher he's a good man good husband gonna be a good father his wife is expecting um he is the head baseball coach at Paragold High School and he was diagnosed with stage four metastatic melanoma uh talking with him on the phone yesterday and day before and, and seeing him put it up on Facebook, you know, as strong of a community as it is, that's a fellow coach, a fellow friend, a guy that looks out for all his kids, his players. You know, he's also the assistant football coach there. You know, I hope Jonesboro Paragould keeps his family in, his, in their prayers. He's, uh, he's going to fight this thing to the end. And I know that he's going to give it his all, me and him talking about it. He's telling me his prognosis, and and I'm telling him, man, don't worry about it. You're going to fight this thing. I've known you for years, and, and it didn't matter if you were in high school while he was a 10th grader that was 120 pounds. He would fight for whatever he had to to earn what was his. And, and right now this will be the biggest fight of his life. So I just want a lot of the people in the Jonesboro, Paragould community to know that Coach Weatherly, Dakota Weatherly, is going through it right now, but I hope y'all keep his family uh, in your prayers. Well, man, that's uh, that's a great way to end this, man. And uh, appreciate you as always, my friend. And uh, we'll continue to chop it up as always. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me. See you, brother. Monty Patel, assistant coach at uh, Jacksonville. Uh, he and I text back and forth pretty often and, and talk about, well, everything. And, of course, we battle a lot, too. Uh, we, we have, uh, we've had a lot of Jordan LeBron battles. We've had quite a few battles, but, uh, he's a, a great basketball mind. Great dude. Uh, and, uh, love having the opportunity to catch up with him right now. And, uh, of course he drops some, some really good high school basketball knowledge. And, uh, I thought it would be good to hear from somebody that is in the coaching community in regards to the shot clock. Also another, you know, yesterday, coach Jason Smith, Nettleton Lady Raiders crowned uh, state champions. Also, Jacksonville crowned state champions. 
And uh, I thought that that would be good. Um, you know, I wanted to let that kind of settle down and figure out what was going to happen before we had people on the show. And, uh, of course, Osceola and Rivercrest also crowned yep. state champions. I know that makes you proud, Walls. Um, but uh, but anyway, man, I appreciate uh, Monty for jumping on and uh, spending a little time with us on the Back in Action Hotline on this Yes Dog Grill Women Rock Wednesday. We'll hit a break. We're going to come back. We're going to try to wrap this thing up as, as quick as we can. i uh, got a lot to get done in a short time to do it. And uh, we're going to do, uh, of course, five random facts on this uh, Wednesday brought to you by Orville's Men's Store. I'm going to tell you how not only can you save money at Orville's, but you can also make money on top of it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that. As part of our most educational portion of our show, that is five random facts brought to you by Orville's Men's Store. Shop Orville's, show off your stash. We'll also have Damn Man Really brought to you by Stadium Auto Body. By the numbers, brought to you by United Pawn Brokers of Jonesboro as well. RWRC Radio live from the Unico Bank Studios right here on 96.9 The Ticket. This segment has been brought to you by the official barber of Red Wolf Roll Call Radio.